Hello there, this is episode 14 and today I am joined by Adam Fillery. Now Adam is into uh, networking and some of the things he's done are absolutely amazing and he's got some amazing ideas as well. Really, really good chat with Adam today. And the other thing is he chose Feel by Robbie Williams and his reason for choosing that song is brilliant but it was a challenging song for me so luckily you don't get to hear it but uh, join me and listen to Adam Fillery on 15 Minutes. Why did you choose that song? Oh, I just want to just want to say there's probably a few people I've got some street cred with uh, it's not, not my usual sort of hard rock song that I might have picked but um well, I think it's in the lyrics. I think, you know, when you've got a language in your head that you don't understand, I don't know how many other people are always trying to translate their own thoughts. But, you know, I, I spent a long time working out where my motivations lie. And that's just a sort of lyric that uh, sends it up and makes me think a bit harder about it. It's a beautiful song, though. It's really lovely. Yeah, it's a crack. It's a cracking song. Um, I, I, I don't know if you play um, guitar. Uh, yeah, I do. Not not as much anymore, but it's it's, right. it's still something I'd like to carry on with. Can you do bar chords? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. No, oh, I just I just I, I came to guitar late. Okay? Like it, it like I was nearly 50 when I started playing guitar. And it's just it's just really really difficult. So when I see a song I go, "Oh, oh, I can't play that one because it's got bar chords in." And so it's very difficult for me to, to to find different songs and that that that's that's one of those difficult songs. So I could have turned around to you today and say pick another song but i thought let's go for a <laughs> go for a challenge so uh thank it you very on much the list, uh... <laughs> and, and i, I do, made my day watching and i being sh- 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 serenaded <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time so, for everything good job you didn't pick a love song hey adam so adam please tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself sir i'm a busy boy uh i'm i'm always up uh, i'm a sort of 24 7 guy who's trying to pick up the phone or answer a message at all times as most people around me will testify um, currently running uh, three businesses and association uh, for the meetings and events industry and uh, working on how to make people network better. So that's one of my consultancy roles. And generally, I get picked up for work quite a lot. So um, I haven't advertised to, to, to gain work for many years now. Um, but just by my networking uh, management, I guess, being around, being out there, uh, constantly being a part of the conversation, um, I do get asked, am I available? No. We'll, we'll dig into networking in a second, but um, I always like to um, find out a little bit more about my guests and what they do on LinkedIn. So my first my first few questions is all about LinkedIn. So why do you like LinkedIn, Adam? I, I think it's a safer environment um, if you compare it to many of the other social outlets. And um, I think it's fairly well curated. I think I'm better at it than I am trying to keep up with the kids uh, on the other platforms. I don't consider myself to be a particularly visual person. Um, wouldn't ask anybody to, to pay too much attention to the way I look at any given point in time. And I'm not going to try any harder than I currently do probably for the rest of my life. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe the odd photo shoot here and there, but LinkedIn for me has been a place where I can, I can nestle in with professionals. I, I can expect on the most part, a better debate. Um, I can certainly be more, more vocal in the written form. I can position myself, uh, as I feel more comfortable. Still not quite as candid as I'd like to be um, until I create my own channel. I think that's uh, that's going to stay that way. And quite often I'm representing brands. So it's a place where I feel comfortable and it makes me think about how I manage myself. So it, it helps me as well. Okay. Candid. Go on. What, what's okay. stopping you? What's stopping you? Come on. I, I just want to tackle things head on all of the time. There's nothing that I, I wouldn't debate with somebody. 
you know, said it doesn't matter how dark and and or, or grey the, the conversation area gets. You know, that the quest for solutions I think is is such an exciting thing to look at. And I may not be the smartest kid out there, but I am a trier. And you know, if I think there's something wrong, I want to I want to go at it. I was chatting to a friend of mine yesterday. Um, he's just he's, he's just come back from skiing. Okay, and he took skiing up like only a few years ago. Um, and, and he's our sort of age. And um, he said, I keep falling down, but I'm learning and I pick myself up and I'll keep going. And, and I could just stay on the on the nursery slopes, but I've, I'm pushing myself and I'm having to go on. And I don't I don't know what colors are on, on, on the roads. He's definitely not doing black runs at the moment. I know that that's <laughs> that. I know that's the toughest. But but what he's saying is, is, you know, he falls over, but he gets up again. And, and, I, and I think that's that's life, isn't it? Oh, it is. I mean, I've had lots of uh, entrepreneurial escapades from the very short lived to 12 plus years. Uh, and the music industry sort of held me um, for over 20 years. Um, I think that's where my my passion still would be if I thought that I could make an impression there. But now I only have eyes on the prize. And that is I have a, a grandiose event that I'd love to be responsible for. But the problem is I don't really have an event that's less than that. So it's, if I can achieve the biggest event the world has ever seen, then I will go at it. And if, you know, if I don't, no one ever hears about it, no one will lose. But I'm pretty sure that if we pull it off, everybody would win. Is this, is this something that's in the planning or can we, can oh, it's, we, it's can we delve into that? Long, yeah, it's a massively long strategic play. I mean, I've, I've been dreaming of this event uh, since I saw Bob Geldof run live aid I mean, and this is exactly things. this is exactly what went into my mind as soon as you said that that's exactly what i thought and uh where yeah. were you on that day oh i don't know i was sitting in my front room probably just watching reruns of airwolf on a saturday morning or something i don't know it was for me it was something that i hadn't i hadn't seen other big events so it was my first big event other than probably paying attention to the olympics and this is where the two things line up so i didn't really have a love of music at the time but i had a love of the spectacle and the stadium size yes. and the fact that I could understand what people were, were, were trying to give me. They were giving me a message about the, the problems in Ethiopia. Um, you know, and you, you heard things from your parents, you know, like there's, there's kids in Africa that, you know, even there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, those messages weren't really coming through. It was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and until those messages really resonated by the, by music. And then, you know, the, the Olympics was another one of those things. My, my dad was a professional golfer. So I always had sort of sport around me. Uh, natural natural sportsman himself never quite as good as he was but i was always trying again so when i when i started to work out how to bring things together i think at 14 i woke up you know suddenly things started to click a little bit i, I was I'm a, I'm a guy that wears a permanent frown because of my five years of school so i started frowning on the first day of school and i frowned ever since so if you see any lines it's just frowning right that's my school life but i came out of that with a vision of what i didn't want and that was pretty much everything that i'd learned it didn't make sense <laughs> but the things that started to make sense were entrepreneurial so i was always selling stuff i was always trying to get people involved in something um scheming if you like although i think scheming is a positive word if you do what i do and then i, I drew out from the, these two two spectacles so the olympics and music and essentially i still call it the music olympics that's the dream of running a spectacular worldwide event that lasts for a month and the whole world stares down at it fantastic can can I can I play? <laughs> oh, absolutely! Everybody should play. I mean, we're talking oh. about you, you can't run a, an event like that and think bronze, silver, gold. What I've been thinking all along is: 
can we break every single record that ever existed with music attached to it from the Guinness Book of Records and any other record book that ever existed? And can we make up another 10,000 records that didn't exist beforehand? So think of them as disciplines. Sure. What could a collective be good at? What could a single person be good at? What could a country be good at? And then you can have a bit of a competition with it. But really what you're trying to do is, is bring people together and, and look at what a spectacle could be and, and think, wow. You know, how does someone get that far? How does someone do that that well? How does someone play that fast? How do you get 10,000 people standing on a barge across the Thames playing We Will Rock You? What what does it mean to break records and think beyond? Sorry, wow. I'm, I'm getting a bit passionate about No, that. no, we, I love this. We have, we've gone down this rabbit hole now. But that is incredible. That is incredible. I did, um, uh, during COVID, uh, I ran uh, an open mic. I did it virtually online with Zoom. So people would come in and we'd, we'd Zoom. And we did an hour every single week. Uh, when I when I got to to, to to twelve months, I did a twenty four hour one, um, and had had people coming in every fifteen minutes, and I did it for twenty four mm-hmm. hours. And I was raising some money for for a cancer charity, mm-hmm. and um, I turned around to you know I was chatting about logistics and stuff like that, and um, I said, oh, so I can you know, and again then get. Uh, Ian to do a slot and then someone else can do a slot and so that I can go and get some sleep and my daughter said no dad you're missing the point you've got to it's got to be a challenge so I stayed up for 24 <laughs> hours it was crazy but it was one of the best things I ever did um getting all those people in and and you know, it, it's just turnout it, it was dead easy it's not, nothing like they had at Live Aid where they had to you know move the stage around it was sort of like you're in yeah. next one next one in it was it was good fun it was good fun yeah um yeah. do you use any other social media no, None I mean, at all. I, yeah, there, there are things that you'll find me on as an account, but I'm essentially selling leftovers from my my divorce. Uh, any golf balls that I find to fund my myself, and my girlfriend's love of um, the odd round here and there. So we'd have to pay out for it. So, no, I, 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 I don't. I, 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 I try to start my own social media platform back in 2001 and we got hacked a couple of years later. And we, we lost the the advances we made. And this, this was before anyone had heard of, of Facebook. So. You know, I had an idea about what it could become. Uh, it's not quite what I would have hoped. Um, it's much more an aesthetic display than I would have. I, I like a bit more depth to it. It's, it's, it is what it is now, and I'm, I'm not sure we'll rescue it. There, there's some smaller platforms out there, which I think you know, will, will niche and potentially stay in the right place. But um, no, I think that professionally LinkedIn for the, for the time being does its job for me. Maybe when I come to run the, the Music Olympics, um, that's which we can't call it, of course. But um, yeah, I, I think I'll be... I'll be found on more platforms and uh, more more visual to some degree by then. Yeah, I love I love that I love the whole concept of that. That is that is incredible. Um, so how long do you linger on LinkedIn then during the day, Adam? Oh I mean, it looks like that green dot's always bright, you know. So I'm I'm probably 24 hours. <laughs> if anybody finds uh, a message, I probably answer within a few seconds. Generally speaking, no, I think probably uh, an hour of quality time. And then potentially the revisiting, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a problem, I think, you know, I need counselling. So I think I probably dip <laughs> in and out probably 30 times in a day. But that's because I, I want to be on point. I want to be live. I want to see what's happening and I want to be able to respond in time. And I, and I do allow myself time to think, right, I'll, I'll break away from what I've got planned in a day to, to absorb a little bit and take part. And look, there's so many people in my network that are pushing out content, some of it live like this, and others are, are having great debates, um, things that sometimes don't sit well down the pub. Um, but they're better if you put them into a, a professional forum. So I, I enjoy being in those areas. And, and I am I am contrary and cantankerous. So I do provoke a little more reaction, maybe some. No, I, I, look, that's, 
the, the, the one thing I tell people to do is to be themselves. And, and you know, if, oh, if, that, if, if that's who you are, they, well, you, sh- you should. You shouldn't put on a veil. You shouldn't put on a veil. You've got I, I don't your- think I do. Uh, I'm just acutely aware of the outcome of that that choice of uh, strategy. And it, maybe it's not strategy. I think it's just purely what goes on in my mind. But I, I think I I do. I am more careful. I, I am I am considerate to some, but not all. I mean, there are things that people post, and I just think, right, I'm, I'm coming at you because that's ridiculous. <laughs> that that doesn't serve its purpose. You know, you said something where you've started to believe you you represent others, and, mm-hmm. and quite often that's not the case. And you know, there was a, an, I can't remember the exact lyric, but an, an Eminem lyric about, you know, if, if it affects one kid, that's good enough for him, something along those lines. And sometimes I think of that. During during COVID, I mean, I, I, it was a failed campaign, but there was a reason why I started it. And there was, a, my, my road, for example, had its own its own group. And everyone was fascinated, the fact that we we had technology to connect together. Actually, what I looked at was there were 60 people in that group. There was potentially 240 people in the road. And my job was to try and get a plus one. You know, who can I bring into the group that, that's sitting in, in my neighborhood that isn't involved? And this is a question that I'm asking in, in my industry, in the events industry now, outside of the music industry, but the event I, I now play in. And that is who's not in the room and why? Because it's very easy to get feedback from people you can find. It's really hard to work out why people are not in the room or haven't visited or haven't been present. And I think that's a, a bigger question we should be asking. And that helps with things like neurodiversity, um, inclusion and all sorts of other areas where people feel ostracized or, or aligned to different different needs mm, no i love that wow but you're blowing my mind today sir you're absolutely blowing my mind today um how much content how much content do you create yourself then adam almost nothing um you know i'm, I'm not a great writer um I'll, I'll muse over what i've written uh, probably find 101 grammar mistakes and probably then hit send anyway or hit you know hit commit so, uh, yeah, it's not my not my best form. I prefer to be talking anytime, much more a conversationalist. Um, and I like to get close to people. And I, I don't feel I'm ever that close when I'm pushing out content. online. I think I'm, I'm attracting somebody that I don't want to speak to more often than people that I would like to speak to. Finding the balance is why, why I do it. Um, it's very easy to get stuck in a silo, position yourself around people that are going to say, yes, Adam, or I agree, or I'm with you on that. I genuinely want to hear from people that say, I'm, I'm not with you on that. I think you've got it wrong. And I might be able to defend myself to some degree, but maybe I'm mainly defending myself because I think that might represent 3% of people that are not being listened to or not being heard. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy in those those dark spaces where maybe others aren't being considered. No, cool. Cool. Excellent. Um, so come on then. Tell us what you do and how you do it and, and how people can work with you and, and all that sort of stuff. So come on. That's, well, that's I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done with, with MESA, which stands for the Meetings and Events Support Association. This was born during the COVID period um, from an organisation which we had a lot of respect for called the MDI, the Meeting Design Institute, run by a, a fantastic man called, um, he says fantastic man called Martin Van Est. <laughs> I stumbled into it. What was his name again? Um, we, we learned a lot from Martin and he decided during COVID that he wouldn't carry on the, the membership that we'd, we'd been part of. But nevertheless, there was a lot of members that, felt that we didn't want to disband. So I, I put it to at least half of them that we should potentially stick together. And we did. Uh, and we've, we've become this this group. It's a community. Um, we've been able to, to travel around, around Europe. We're going to trade shows. And we're representing lots of different companies that have technology mostly uh, to provide the, the events industry. So the professional events industry like Comfrex, uh, what else have been to? IMEX, um, IBTM. These are, these are large trade shows, which... Um, you know, been a lot of fun to do 
So that's something I, I'm passionate about. It allows me to network with the calls. I think because it's an association, we're nonprofit. We're there to try and represent a group of people and position ourselves yeah, in the in the professional sense. And that's meant we've got deals done. Um, we've found people that are in in, in a difficult place, and we've been able to help them uh, make business introductions and and watch some of our members grow, even in what has been quite difficult times for technology companies. One of our members has just just been acquired, and that's that's a great thing for any company, providing it was a desirable acquisition. Yeah, sure. Was. So that's good. Um, so outside of that industry, um, I, I still linger with music, but I try and keep it as fun for the time being until I've got, look, I mean, if I never have enough money to do it, then it will never happen. But I, I believe I need to exit two companies. So that's partly why I'm building on different fronts, because some of these things are going to be a very long, drawn out process. I'm not trying to impress anybody with speed. And there's a wisdom and a knowledge that needs to come along the way. I wasn't born into MIT or Cambridge or Oxford. I wasn't born to be an academic, so I can't just prove it on paper. So there's a lot of getting down in the weeds and, and working with people and listening. I don't do a lot of it. I must admit, anybody that knows me knows I talk a lot. But I, I'm trying to listen to the narrative, which often means you're listening to the hubbub, not so much brilliantly at one person, as people will testify. And then this all is bridged with, with networking. So I definitely have grown into being passionate about networking. And there's a couple of statistics that bear out as well. And I'm not sure people spot them, but they're, they're pretty obvious. And it's that you know, if the recruitment world is responsible for, I don't know, it's like 200, 200 billion in, in UK, some ridiculous number. But network is meant, network, your network and networking is meant to be responsible for 80%. I'm not sure there is an overlap, but 80%, you know, that's a, that's a massive industry. Sorry, I think it's about 35 billion. I've got the figure wrong. It's about, that means that networking is responsible for about 200 billion pounds worth of, of career placements. Okay, it might be less than that, but it's yeah, it seems to be an area that's really underrepresented. Mm-hmm. And with that, you see a lot of a lot of places that talk about network, but it's lip service. It's like they throw people in a room. It's not facilitated, and and I think some of the tools and provisioning for it are really weak. So I'm now I'm now scared, you know, looking at where I can find good tools, and there are some. You know, um, anything that I might build is not independently going to rule the world. It's just it's like music. You know, there's different genres, and I think yeah, networking be you can sense the same. So, um, what what did you get up to when you were in the music industry? You keep talking about it, and you got my guitars on the wall. So, come on, you keep teasing me. What what did you do? What did I get up to? Oh dear, hang on. What, what can I say live? Okay. <laughs> I think the, the first thing was was to you know I believed I was building something reasonably unique, and, and if it had come off, it would have been because we'd have had some sort of social media platform. But there was a lot of naivety. I, I'll admit that from day one. But I wasn't waiting for someone to prompt me or, or tell me or show me the roadmap. So we were making it up on a daily basis. And when we were building the, the it's now called social media, but the, the platform for communicating between music fans uh, and wanting to sell product um, at a time when Amazon was selling books, you know, we were selling multiple types of product. But we were doing it on a shoestring. And you learn something over time in business that not every product, well, not every project can, can be run on a, on a, what they call bootstrapping, the money that you've got in your pocket or your friends and family's pocket. Um, and as much as I, I love that notion that the people around me would win, actually you've done them a bit of a disservice if there's not enough money to to create that that entity and that rolling um, provision of the services and, and products that you want to develop and put out there. So I think that we had all the right ideas. I think you know I was I was a tough guy. You know I really wanted to make it. I was running at speed, sometimes through brick walls, not necessarily bringing everybody with me not being the best manager in the world. And I have to look at that now. I'm, I'm still learning. There's, I've got some fantastic people in my network that I, I learned from literally by the minute. There's a chap called John Martinez, whose company's called Shot Logic. I mean, it's just one of those people you meet and you go, 
well, how do I need you? You know, because you, you know what you're not good at. If, if you're very, very self-reflective and, you know, self-aware, you know, I know there's things I'm still trying to get right. Um, but I put a lot of energy in and sometimes I just don't have time to keep being great at something that somebody else wants me to be good at. And I have to hold my hands up sometimes and say, you know what, that's not, that's not the best version of me. Mm. And I'm sorry, I know, you know, but, you know, I think it's like a sportsman in a bad shot. You know, you, you can practice all day long. You can still end up hitting a bad shot. So that's how I feel. Um, but there's a whole bunch of people that I'm uh, positively influenced by. Uh, that's that's where I'm at at the moment. No, that's fantastic. Um, I want to I know this this crush that you've got on certain businesses. What's that all about? Yeah, so that I call it a brush. So a business crush. Now let's let's be clear. I'm not okay. talking about. I don't, I don't fancy John Martinez. Okay, that's not what this is about. Okay, and I okay. don't fancy Victoria Matey. There are just people in my network which, for me, are. They're great stimulants. They're, they're people that you watch what they do and you think, oh, my God, I'm so pleased you are representing that model you've created, that business you are in front of, that company you run, those people you represent. Um, I'm trying to think who our class is this. Like, so I mentioned John. Alina Jutlite, um from the Freelance Business Community. She runs the Freelance Business Month in October. So any freelancers out there, you, you need to know about this. It's a fantastic resource, a very giving lady. She's... Um, She's done marvellous things over the last uh, three years, again, coming out of the COVID period. Uh, so something I, I wouldn't recommend anyone tries to do is try and imagine good people in banking. But I'm, I'm going to mention Nat, Nat West because there's a chap that works for Nat West called Nick Howe. Um, he's London-based. What an incredible human being. It's, the, the banking industry is just so, so lucky that they've got Nick Howe and Nat West specifically. So... You know, I've no bones about saying it. I'm not embarrassed. This is this is this is a human that everybody needs to know, because there's a chance that things get better with Nick. There's definitely not a chance that things get better with other people in the banking industry. There's plenty that I would say, you know, go it alone. Don't don't involve them. Um, Victoria Mate is another one. She's um, a lady. She's an event psychologist, and I, and I just keep saying she should be on every event planner and in every event company's speed dial. Whenever you've got plans strategically or you want to work out what humans are doing, you need Victoria Matey on your phone. Call her. So, yeah, there's, there's others. Look, I'll be, I'll, it's remiss of me not to be um, mentioning this all day long. I could, I could probably pick 100 names. I, I, yeah, and that, that's the problem, isn't it? It's like, oh, oh, I haven't mentioned oh, I haven't mentioned. So if you think of any, drop them in the comments in, in, in this on LinkedIn yeah. and then people mm -hmm. can come back and, and, and we can all connect with them. Because I, I and, and this is this is the thing, right, with networking. And that is why I love LinkedIn so much. I'm networking with so many people. Prior to this session today, I was having a lovely, lovely chat with a lady called Helena from, from uh, Madrid. And, and I wouldn't have got to meet her if I wasn't on LinkedIn. And, and, and that's the beauty. And, and having amazing guests like you on my show every single week is just a delight. So, um, yeah, networking. I love it. Um, mental health. Um, talk about that. Because you, you you put in you put in something about bravado. Yeah, I, I, so I started thinking about this years ago. A chap called uh, Robert Bowles. When I mentioned that, it worried me. This is pre-pandemic. It, it worried me that there's a lot of bravado around entrepreneurship. You know how how do you represent your business and say you know actually there's struggles. So it, it's almost like there isn't any. Like everybody's running a great company. Everyone's about to make it. Everyone's raising money. You know, there's so many things that that you have to make it look like you are doing well at you know, covering all bases or, you know, jack of all trades. So, so good. And in the end, you start thinking that mathematically, that's how my brain works. Like that, that cannot be the case. You know, not all these people have picked up a business and gone, this is amazing. This is the life I wanted. This is the life I expected. You know, how do you predict um, where entrepreneurship really takes you? Even, even a single business is hard to, 
to nail down. You have to think about where you're going with it on a pretty much daily basis, even if you are strategic like I am. So it, it worried me. Then, then the pandemic hit. And the first thing I did was stopped all business interests, um, started to run a campaign for the Royal College of Nursing. Um, my, my thoughts were that nurses will be hit hard. Um, we wanted to see where we could help. And our, our campaign landed best with the Royal College of Nursing. And we've lost Adam. So yeah, it, it stopped us thinking about what was happening in the pandemic. So we, we didn't have to listen to the news. We just thought, what are we doing? What are we doing today? We had a group of about 15 people. We'd meet you know, sometimes every day. Uh, it was a fancy dress campaign. So um, I would say a slightly less professional version of myself dressing up as Batman and Robin and um, Luke Skywalker or whatever else came along. Um, just trying to entertain people. We weren't entertainers, but we were just saying, do you know what? If someone can laugh at us, I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. Would have liked it to be a bigger campaign, but there was this guy called um, Tom. He was um, stealing the airwaves. <laughs> but, look, he, he did the job we were all trying to do. He, he got attention to raise money and alleviate the burden from people's lives during that period. So we were all aiming for the same thing, but it's a good job that somebody did it well. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, he, he didn't set out to do it either, did he? <laughs> no, I that think was... actually walking, walking around anyway, I think it was more a case that someone yeah. went, oh, this guy's doing a great thing. Was it, was it 18 million in the end? Oh, was, I think I, there's different ways of managing. I think you can say there was potentially over 100 million in the end. I think it was, you know, topped out with government gifts and all sorts. So, yeah. yeah. Pretty incredible. It was uh, crazy, crazy times. Absolutely crazy times. Um, We've run out of time already, Adam. Um, I could talk shocking. to you forever. Yeah, it is shocking. But it is actually called 50 Minutes Behind the Profile. And we've already gone over. Um, I've got can one more. Section? Yeah, I've got one more. I've got one more question for you. I just want to quickly um go and... uh give a shout out to my guest next week. I just, Pavel is just talking here about the power of networking. It really is, um, Pavel, we, we just, it is incredible the amount of people that, that we, we get to meet um, in our days. So next week, I have got the automation king, um, Dan Harrison from a company called Customers on Tap. And he's coming in and talking to us about um, what he does on LinkedIn and also automation. So I uh, look forward to having a chat with him. But Adam, my last question to you today is what would you say, if you could go back in time, that is, to your 16-year-old self? Uh, Pre-book counselling. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Do we delve into that one? <laughs> well, I, I, there were definitely times when I wasn't equipped uh, to manage the ambition that I have. Um, I, whether I am now, I don't know. There's going to be ups and downs. I'm, I'm dealing with some difficult circumstances at home with my, my father who's in a care home after a, a very serious stroke. And you, you do have to remind yourself that there are going to be times when it's not easy to focus. There's going to be times when you, you need to give yourself over to what I think is a very important thing in my life, you know, something I, I you know, have respect for. And, you know, that, that also affects my mum. So, you know, one of the problems is when you run a business is you quite often you need to be all in and you quite often need to tell people you're all in they need to believe you're all in so i've held back quite a lot the last couple of years because it's been it's been a cause i want to spend time on so yeah i just think you have to be very wise to those ups and downs you know those peaks and troughs and depending on your personality type sometimes they are more extreme and i certainly know what it's like to feel horribly depressed i think i was just horrifically depressed in covid when my rabbits died yeah sort of almost a couple of months apart and it seemed like a really silly thing but it brought other things out, you know, yeah. the, the sort of pent up side, you know, so, but you can forgive yourself. Um, sometimes it's allowed and alongside mental health, I think, you know, it's a big topic, but um, being, being allowed, being free to be emotional, I think is something we need to learn to do better at. 
Uh, fantastic what amazing words uh adam thank you so much uh for joining me today uh thank, thank you, you to, so much for all the um comments as well and uh we will be back next week thanks ever so much cheerio adam thanks Here we go another podcast in the bag i've been ashley leeds you've been wonderful thank you so much for listening if you want to hear more then please subscribe and i will see you again another day you can find me on linkedin if you want to catch up if you fancy being a guest on one of my shows i do live shows on linkedin twice a week but i also plan to do some real podcasts uh, where we just do audio and probably record it to go on the youtube channel and we can talk about absolutely anything in those so whatever you want to do get in touch and thank you for listening you get out what you put in ever gonna lose ever gonna win long as you're happy you're always gonna grin you get out what you put in you get out what you put in you get out what you put in